Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you give. And we pray, Lord, that as tests, temptations, and trials come along, that you would continually keep our eyes focused upon you and what you have done for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I was driving my car the other day, and I realized there's a sound I have not heard for a really long time. There's a sound I remember when I used to drive in high school and even early college, and I would be driving along, and I'd have the radio on and be listening in, well, Southern California. So there were two main stations. You had K-Earth for all of the classics, and then you had KLOS for all of the classic rock and everything else that was going on. So those were the main two stations that were ever on in my car. If there wasn't a cassette, you remember those, uh, or something else. But when the radio was playing, every so often, there would be a sound. It was a horrible sound. It was a screeching, beeping, electronic, grinding, groaning sound. And then somewhere in the middle, you would hear, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Don't worry, this is only a test. We don't always like tests, though. I didn't mind tests in high school. And a lot of my friends actually had real test anxiety. They studied, they did everything really well. They, they knew their materials, but when the test came along, all of a sudden... They couldn't remember a thing, just blanked out in the middle of the uh, test. They couldn't put down answers to the questions. They walk out afterwards and, and just anxiety ridden over the fact that they could not answer a single thing or handle that test well at all. Tests are hard. And as we look at Christ now in this first gospel lesson within Lent, and we start to look at his tests, we, we start to wonder about tests and temptations and, and how we kind of work our way through both of those things. I mean, personally, for many years, it was always kind of hard to uh, navigate my way through temptations and tests and, and all of that wording within Scripture, and is one the same as the other? And so I had to wrestle with it for quite a long time. But see, these tests that come along, they're tests of faith. I mean, you heard the Old Testament reading, right? Abraham being, his faith being tested by God to sacrifice his son. That was the action that God asked him to do. I would never want to have to walk through that test. My goodness. Having to make the decisions on how to ask your son to go for a three-day hike, carrying all the things for the sacrifice, except no sacrifice, and then getting there and having to talk through those conversations and bind him up and put him on the wood and to the last moment of even raising the knife. Yikes. I would not want to have to walk through that test. And then we hear of Jesus going into the wilderness not on his own accord. He was actually led by the Spirit into the wilderness in order to be tempted by Satan. Now remember, he's doing the tempting there. That, that helps a lot as we navigate tests and tempting. You see, Satan does the tempting. That's where our epistle lesson, I think, with James helps so much because very clearly... Folks in that time were trying to wrestle with the same questions. And so James writes to his audience and he says, Look, God tempts no one. Huh. 
God tempts no one. So who's doing the tempting then? Well, Satan does the tempting. But in the midst of that, is it also a test of faith somewhere in there? Pastor Bob shared a great phrase earlier this week as we've been working with this text. And he said, the Christian life is the tempted life. It took me a little while to ponder that. But it's interesting to think of. See, if you're outside of Christ, well, there's really no temptation to be had. Satan already has you separated from God at that moment does not mean God's going to stop working on you. God continues to call you by his spirit, but sometimes we block our ears or harden our hearts or however the case may be, but there's really no temptation at that point because you're not being tempted away from something. You're already away from something. Now, being baptized as a child of God, God's doing his work in gathering you unto himself. So those, are the, those are the two main works there. God gathers his creation back unto himself. That's his goal, redeeming it and gathering it back unto himself. That's what we call the work of the Holy Spirit, right? He calls, gathers, and enlightens his church to bring us back to God in all that Christ has done for us. Now, Satan has a different goal. Satan separates people from God. Satan's main goal is to separate the creation from the creator, to get it into another area completely separate from God. So as we are called as children of God, and in that church family, in that family of God carrying his name, we actually have a really big target on our back. A big target that Satan and his demons want to hit and tempt us away from God. And those temptations are hard to deal with. And we see Christ tempted and he handles it masterfully. Of course, how else was he going to handle it? But you see how he's tempted. He's tempted through bodily needs, right? Hunger. He's tempted through uh, position and power. And he's tempted whether or not he's actually going to believe God's word and, and actually abuse God's word of God caring for him if he were to stumble or throw himself off of, a, off of a mountain, right? Off of the corner of the temple. We get that from the other gospels. But those temptations are things that maybe we even deal with. But again, it's not God tempting us in the middle of that. That's Satan tempting us to trust our own abilities or grab what's right in front of us. And let me reassure you of something. Temptations are going to come in your life, dear Christian. And you know what? A lot of times, more often than not, you're going to fail. You will follow that temptation right into sin. And find yourself further away, or at least feeling further away from God's Word. It may have some consequence of an absolutely broken relationship at some point, and in the midst of that whole temptation going kind of to its fullest extent into sin and leading us to a point of sin, we start to mix up that tempting and testing again and say, well, I failed fighting that temptation. I must have failed this test of faith. Where do I stand? There was a Christian pastor I talked to at one point in time from a different denomination within Christianity. And he said he really hadn't quite grasped the gospel as a pastor. See, in the, the words that he was able to give to someone coming into his office 
was, well, if you're still dealing with this temptation and you're still dealing with this sin, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you don't have strong enough faith. Maybe God truly hasn't called you. Maybe you just don't belong in the church family if you can't tackle this temptation and sin. Now remember, a temptation is not a sin, but the fulfillment of a temptation, following that temptation to its end course, as James puts it, right? As that temptation grows and builds and and brings forth sin, and then that sin in its fullest extent is going to bring forth death. We're still wrestling with temptation and tests. How does that work together? If you have followed a temptation to its fullest course, have you failed the test of faith? And then I started to think of David. We didn't read about him today, but you know King David, right? Beloved king within Israel gathered everybody together, tempted into adultery. Actually, sin committed that act of adultery, and then committed act of murder, and then tried to continue to hide it and make it go away by his own accord. And Satan was working in every possible way to lead this man of God away from God. We might think maybe he also failed that test of faith, right? Because he followed all that temptation and acted on that temptation And got into a really bad spot. Yet God still calls him a man after his own heart. How's that? You see, even after the temptation, after the sin, in the midst of being absolutely broken down and failing, God continued to work upon him to bring him back to himself. God calls him out on it through the prophet Nathan, right? And Nathan says, look, You're the guy who has done this, David. And David falls down in repentance, knowing that he has failed. But see, his faith at that point is still in the promises of God. His faith at that point that God had given him, that God had wrought within his heart, that God had given him to believe in his promises of forgiveness and life. Even in the midst of that horrible sin and horrific things that David had done, the test of faith, still hadn't been failed because he went back to God saying, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for all that I have done. I don't want to do it anymore, but I don't know what way to go. And God calls him, like I said, a man after his own heart. Calls him his beloved king, right? In the midst of your temptations and your sins, which you do have and will commit in thought, word, and deed. You've not failed a test of faith as you fall on your knees in repentance, as you hear the word of God proclaim into your ears that you are a forgiven and loved child of God, that you are still a Christian, not by your efforts, but by what God has done within your heart and your baptism as he continues to call you unto himself. as we continue to wrestle with testing, tempting, and all of these things, we go back to the Lord's Prayer even. And we hear the petitions of the Lord's Prayer resound once again. God, don't let me rely upon myself, but please give my daily bread. So 
so I'm not tempted to think that I'm the one that makes it all happen, but I rely upon you. Lord, show me how to forgive others as you have forgiven me. Or don't lead me into a place of temptation like you led your son Jesus. I won't handle it. But deliver me from the evil one. Deliver me from the attacks of Satan. Deliver me from all of those things, Lord, because you are powerful enough to do that. Or I am not. Lord, lead me by your spirit into your presence. And that's where he leads you. Grounded in his word. Secure in the faith that he's given you in your baptism. Forgiveness and strengthening of faith found in the Lord's Supper. All these things given to you as free gifts to remind you that you are a child of God, loved and forgiven by him and all that Christ has done on your behalf. So we pray that through every test and every trial and every temptation, we fall upon God's word. And when we don't work well in that temptation, when we fall to that temptation, when we fall to that sin, still pray that we fall upon God's word. His word that he loves you and forgives you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to make us yours that you have redeemed us in Christ, that you have called us by your Spirit, that you continue to give the free gifts of your Word, the free gifts of the proclamation of forgiveness, knowing that we are forgiven sinners loved by you. And we pray, Lord, that when temptations come, that you give us strength by your Spirit. And that when we sin, you continually lead us back to Christ. And we see our forgiveness in Him, knowing that you will continually work to gather us back into yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.